0: Welcome to the Garden Culture Podcast, hosted by me, Bailey Van Tassel. I'm a self-taught gardener, busy wife and mother, and small business owner on a mission to live a garden-inspired life. Each month, we will explore what's going on in the garden and fields, as well as get to know incredible people who infuse their own lives with the magic of the garden. For more information on any techniques, recipes, or ideas mentioned here, please visit us at baileyvantassel.com podcast. Welcome back to the Garden Culture Podcast. I have the incredible honor of having Lisa Bass from Farmhouse on Boone chat with us today. And I'm really excited because I wanted to just have a casual conversation with Lisa. Uh, She obviously is a gardener and we will talk about gardening, but we also got to just talk about home life and values and balancing it all and the entrepreneurial and business side of things. I know there are a lot of you who love to hear some of that sort of real talk around building a business, being a mom and a woman, entrepreneur, having goals, but also keeping the main thing and your values front and center and designing a life around those values. Lisa is someone I really, really look up to when it comes to that. And she has so much wisdom and she's found a lot of success. So having this conversation with her, there are so many good nuggets of wisdom I just, you are going to love it. If you don't know Lisa, she has a really popular blog called Farmhouse on Boone, where she shares about simple living, cooking, sewing, farm life, gardening, homeschool, the works. You'll have to go check her out. She's incredible. Enjoy. I want to jump in in a unique way and just ask what you're doing today. What are you up to?
1: Okay. Well, as we're recording this, it's Monday, which means we're just trying to like pull our life back together from the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been homeschooling all morning. We had potato soup for lunch. And then I do office hours in the afternoon. So my my two little ones are asleep and then the other ones are just about playing in Luke's home too. So basically, yeah, more all morning is like milk the cow, clean up, uh, make lunch, do homeschool, and then a few hours here in the afternoon to get my my podcast shot with you here and then some podcast ads for my own podcast and uh some quick work knocked out. And then
0: how do you stuff. stay organized?
1: Um, now with the business or everything
0: else? <laughs> it's everything, all everything. Like... Everything. And I guess I should preface the conversation because I so I love to just jump right in and then we'll fill everyone in later. But um I'm really excited to chat with you about sort of this day in the life concept. And within the context of, obviously, I know that you garden and we've talked about that before too. Um, And we'll dig into that, but just you're a busy entrepreneur. You've got these kids, you homeschool, you're running a farm. And I just, there's always this, how do you do it all question? And Mm -hmm. I think you're the most brilliant example of someone to ask that of knowing whenever that question is asked, the answer is usually like, I we know. don't do it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I am curious just how you structure life in your day and make it all happen with your values being something that I know you prioritize.
1: Yeah. So that has been a, a just like a learning curve over the years because my husband's been home for almost five years from his job. And that's obviously taken many different shapes along the years because when he first came home, we had five kids. They were all pretty little And then um, like our oldest was, I guess, nine because she's 14 now. And since then, we've added two more kids. Everybody's gotten five years older. So um, just it's changed a lot because homeschool has become a lot more intense in those years. Like we just were teaching two kids how to read basically in the beginning. And then now we have four that, you know, one's in eighth grade. Mm -hmm. So it really over the years, what I've focused on with the business is building out a team So that I can actually keep this all running on just a few hours a day because I just don't have the time with homeschool. And we've tried different things, like we've tried. Well, what if what if he homeschools and I take the little toddlers and like shoot videos in the morning? And Mm -hmm. none of that works. We try really hard, but uh, it's just too much to like mix kids and business. I can record, like I could like maybe shoot a couple shots during morning milk chores or something like that. But to try to do the homeschool and the business is just way too hard. So the way that I plan my weeks, because I have like a very specific set of things that have to get done every single week. I do, well, I used to do two videos for YouTube. I'm down to doing one at this time. Um, I might at some point go back up to two, but right now it's one YouTube video, two blog posts, a blog post update and a podcast. And so I take what part of like requires me to do something, which is taking photography, testing recipes, making the video. And then I figure out which days I can fit all of that in, in a couple hours a day. And then a lot of my time is spent communicating with my team to turn all of that into like an Instagram reel or a a fully formed blog post from just some photos and a recipe. Um, So yeah, it's it's turned into a lot more like administrative work, like figuring out who's doing what and managing everything. And then obviously some content creation in there as well.
0: That's amazing. Well, I, it's so funny. I know I've taken your, um, one of your courses, your blogging course. And I actually just had a girlfriend who was telling me they were going to take your YouTube course. And, um, you're sort of like, I feel like you've moved from, I mean, you're still obviously in content creation, but you're also in education Mm -hmm. and, um, you've done such a great job of gracefully transitioning and sort of up. in my mind, I would say kind of up leveling. I'm curious if there were any like key decisions that you made that you've made along the way that continue to keep your, like the main thing, the main thing, like key decisions, like you said, building a team, but like how your priorities have shifted so that the kids and the values and the family and all of that, just working a couple hours a day, like you said, can remain the focus? Like, were there sacrifices you had to make or were there really good decisions you made that allowed that to happen?
1: So I think my husband and I meeting and talking a lot keeps me in check because I, you know, probably like a lot of women, I have an entrepreneurial spirit and I could work all day and i i would make a lot more money if i worked all day
0: yeah. <laughs> like same, same a lot more and i remember
1: <laughs> I, I remember back this is just like a, a really random thing that i remember saying many years ago <laughs> but um and i didn't know like i had i didn't know that this would actually like sort of come true but uh when we first started homeschooling so my husband just was working for the city that we lived in and like we made a very very small income And I remember like randomly being like, homeschooling is so important to me. I wouldn't take a million dollars for not homeschooling. And now I'm like, that's like literally like I'm making good on that statement at this point because (laughs) I, you know, so like I really feel that like it could, (laughs) like if I didn't homeschool, (laughs) you know, but um, so we just have had that objective in mind forever and I can definitely get that, like they call that the shiny object syndrome, Mm -hmm. where you see like something else and I'm like, ooh, I could also get a million followers on Instagram if I just really started thinking about Instagram every day, or maybe I could go viral on TikTok if I thought of this. I think of those things a lot and then I'm like, I can't do that. My brain cannot go in that many different directions and me still be the mom that I like, the family life that I wanted because. I set out and I know not everybody has these same goals, but I set out to be a stay-at-home homeschooling mom. And now I have so many opportunities that could make that look really good, that could pull me away like if, you know, if I got too excited about them. But yeah, we we talk a lot and just we're like, "Wait a minute, what is even the point of this? Like yeah. what are we going to do with that money anyways?" you know? So,
0: I love day love, love, love this. Um, because one of the reasons I started gardening is I live in a place that does not value nature and homemaking and seasonal eating and healthy produce. Like everyone's about comfort and convenience. And I wanted to put like the important things in first in a way that I couldn't escape from them. Like I have to take responsibility for these things Um, to keep me in check a little bit because I didn't want the culture to overtake because as similar to you, I'm I'm very entrepreneurial, very ambitious, but also there had been times in my life where I was just all about like the city life and the fancy things. And that isn't who I truly am and what I truly value. It's really easy to get sucked in. Um, So I appreciate that feedback because I think a lot of people feel the same way and have a hard time really just staying disciplined about the long-term vision.
1: Yeah. And it's hard. There's times when Luke will be like, I think you should maybe go down to like one video a week. And I'm like, but you know, obviously we'll make less money doing that. And it's so easy, you know, like I know if I make this video, how much money this is going to be. And it's really easy to say, and I can say this from a person 15 years ago who didn't have these opportunities, It is really easy to say that I can I can stick to my priorities, even faced with really Mm. great opportunities. It's it's easy to say. It's it's harder in practice to do, but it's always worth it. Every time we make decisions like that, it's like, yes, why why on earth do we even, you know, why would we push for why would we push? There's just no need. We have everything we need right in front of us. We have exactly what we wanted to build. We have the family we wanted to build. And now we have the opportunity to
0: nurture that. That's amazing. So did you grow up with a similar lifestyle that you lead now? Or has this been sort of, of your own intention?
1: So no, I did not. And I know that a lot of people probably assume that. Um, I, I grew up like probably most 80s, 90s kids, where six weeks I went to the daycare. Um, we spent very little time at home. Um, just the, it, it obviously, I had great parents. They took great care of me, provided well for me. But home life was something that is not something that um, we're just used to doing. Like, I still find that members of my family have a hard time even figuring out what to do with a day at home because it's mm. just we're so we've always been so go 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 like i went to daycare at 6 weeks we did camps as soon as we were old enough to like not be in daycare but school being off in the summer we did camps all summer we did sports like we did not spend time at home and so mm. i think there's a lot of kids in our generation who grew up that way who like majorly push back like you know yeah. what i'm not doing that and i have a great relationship with my family and everything it's not like that like i resent them or anything but I definitely wanted something very different. I wanted lots of time at home. I wanted my kids to have lots of free time. They learn. All the things that my kids are learning now are things that I like started learning in my 20s when I had free time. Whenever I, mm. I, I wasn't working, I was just home with my kids or as a homemaker. And I found that there were so many things that were really fun to learn that I had never had just time to mess up, try stuff. Mm you know, learn how to bake bread. sew all of the stuff, I didn't know any of it. Gardening.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think are most fundamental to this home life philosophy in terms of like, you have a day at home. What do you feel like is like most important to infuse into your kids at this point?
1: I think just like free time being okay and boredom being okay. That's where you learn the most. And I spent so much of my life literally Till I was married and even those first couple of years were really hard because I just did not know anything about just sitting home and like I was so bored. I didn't know what I was going to do with my day. I had no clue how to direct myself. So I would mm-hmm. say that getting really comfortable with many hours at home and then figuring out how to be productive just at home, not filling your day with mm-hmm. bam, bam, bam things like all day long. And learning just basic home stuff.
0: Yeah, for sure. So you kind of explained when we got started what your day-to-day looked like, which gives us a glimpse into like a day in your life. But you and I have had previous conversations where we talked about gardening and we talked about sourdough and um, just some of those rhythms. And I'm curious, when did you start learning some of these skills? It sounds like early in your marriage. And how do you, like, what is the cadence of that now?
1: So, okay. Um sourdough, for example, I started my starter. It's uh, the same age as my second daughter. So it's 12 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I've been maintaining it that whole time. I love um, that so much. Yeah. Long before 2020, a decade Did before you, 2020. Does it have a name? I'm sorry that I don't know. No, no, it doesn't have a name. What? I'm not really a name person. Like my animals don't have names. I just, I don't know. I Do not
0: Do you have lots of nicknames for your kids? No, I would assume.
1: Um, Are you a nickname just like, family? Just like a on the end of all their names, like Ruthie, you know, that mm-hmm, kind of stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> not really, not really. So <laughs> no, it. my starter <laughs> doesn't have a name, but it has been an active an age. part of our lives. <laughs> yes. <it's, laughs> and then gardening too, just as soon as I got married, which was at age 22, 15 years ago, the first, I think the first year we had our house, which was a year into marriage, I put in a garden and just... I mean, I remember asking my grandpa-in-law, because he was like the only person I knew who gardened mm. the stupidest questions. Like one time he told me that you should pick the um the blooms off of something. And so I was like, So do you do that with tomatoes too? And he's like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't pick <laughs> off all your tomato blooms. I'm like, okay, I don't know. I I know nothing
0: yeah, about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. So
1: I constantly is asking him questions, like, how often do I water? And that, you know, not very often. Um, just everything.
0: Yeah. So what is it like, the gardening component in your life now? I know you keep a garden. What seasons do you guys focus on and how often would you say you guys go out there? So we are we are probably like, I'm probably the worst guest for your podcast because I don't feel like
1: I'm the best gardener. I feel like my garden skills are still fairly lame, but um, we put in how many raised beds? Like, I don't know, 10-ish raised beds and we just do spring, summer Okay. Just like the usual growing season. I don't do anything to expand beyond it. I do usually start seeds indoors, but I do the very basic stuff. And I love, I love summer gardening. Having mm-hmm. fresh food all summer is 100% worth it, even if I just put in a whole big bed of herbs. If mm-hmm. I was extremely busy and we had a bunch of trips planned or something, which we don't, we're not going anywhere this summer. So it should be a good year. I would at least do a huge bed of herbs close to the kitchen just to have that freshness all summer long. And then, you know, if if that's all you want to do, go to the farmer's market for the rest of it. But I mostly just enjoy it for the seasonal aspect. I've never been good about canning a bunch of stuff. I usually will freeze and ferment some. And then now I've been freeze drying some, but I just, it's very like, it's, it's not summer without a garden.
0: Yeah, I love that. Well, I think that's what makes I think that's what makes life and people interesting, and and that's why you're the perfect guest for the podcast because (laughs) there's I mean most people's lives don't revolve around the garden, but we find it inspires us to some degree, or someone's instilled it in us, or there's some sort of value or virtue that we're getting from the garden that's informing our lives and like keeping us coming back, you know?
1: Yeah, it's just it's like seasonal and sentimental. It's when I'm out there. Late at night, and it's still light outside, and I'm watering stuff that's just barefoot. That's not, it's just not summer without all of that.
0: I love that. So, what do you guys typically grow in your summer? In the summer, like what's what do you, what can you count on to be grown and successful other than the herbs?
1: Tomatoes. I will, no matter what's going on, I'll grow tomatoes, jalapenos, and then anything else would be like a better year. But a lot of squash, like I like to grow butternut squash. I've kind of, I've kind of uh, banned putting in pumpkins because we've done that too many times. And then it takes over everything in flowers. I'm really into growing flowers. So again, if I was only doing anything, I would do jalapenos, tomatoes, herbs, and flowers. And that's honestly probably what I'm going to do this year and just try to do it better.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just keep
1: it tidy and just do that.
0: Well, I think that every year myself included, there's always like a different goal with the garden. Some years, it's just like tons of varieties and some it's just like max yield on a few of the basics. Like you're talking about um, honing your skills and depending on like what's going on in your life. Do you get the kids out there often?
1: We do. Yeah. I feel like we're in the beginning of summer, we're way better about it. And then as summer goes on, (laughs) just we kind of, you know, summer, especially for homeschoolers, we start to really fall into this no structure thing. And then we have to mm. bring it all back around August or September. But I have a goal of getting the kids almost on it completely to where it's their job. Mm. One thing that they do for me a lot is watering and then harvesting. So when I'm in the middle of making something, it's really busy. And the kitchen in our garden is not that close to the kitchen, unfortunately. Mm. It's, it's just we live on a hill. And there's tons of trees. So there was very few spots to put a garden. So it's not that close to my kitchen. I will send a kid out with a basket, like get me all the tomatoes, all the peppers. I need a whole basket of thyme, And they're able to do all that.
0: Yeah, I think that is, I'm learning too, as my son gets older, like that's the fun job anyways. And I'm like, okay, I yeah. need to not hoard like all the harvesting for myself and let him get out there and get to do it. Cause it's super satisfying for them as well, you know?
1: It is, and they can identify it you know, they know what all the different herbs that I grow look like. I'm like, get me a basket of sage. I want a little bit of sage and rosemary and thyme. And it's it's always when I'm busy, I'm not good about, oh, I'll harvest a bunch and then I'll go in and prepare dinner. It's like, oh, I need this. So yeah. <laughs> it's really good to have them to run to the garden and get me the thing I need. Because I find that yeah. a lot of times if I don't do that, if they're not standing around, um, I will end up just not using that item in the meal because- yeah. I am so busy right then that I don't even want to go get it.
0: Yeah. I was just telling someone that we are graduating into being a more than one pound of meat family
1: where, like, you're. It's funny when that
0: happens. It's like this milestone you reach where you're like, I can't just have a pound of, you know, whatever, ground meat at the store anymore. And I'm having a really hard time adjusting. Yep. So it's, it's only... also like when
1: you become like a two or three sourdough pizza family, like or right. a two pots of um, chicken pot pie, like you can't just make one cast iron skillet. Like that's right. Yeah,
0: gradually and on. well, and so I was thinking you guys are a family of nine,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: And yeah, the baby doesn't eat a ton, but yeah. Oh, right. Well, right. <laughs> but still like that is a whole different mindset when it comes to just busyness in the kitchen and life and yeah. quantity of managing children and ingredients and needs and emotions and all the things
1: it it really is I it's hard because it it increases just a little bit each time but if I think back to just my level of chaos and you know just oh I'm in the kitchen between several kids ago and now it's it is just very very different
0: that's crazy I love it. I admire it so much. I don't think we'll ever get to seven kids. This might be our third or our third might be our last, but um, it's just, I think it's, uh, it's incredible. I I wish I would have started younger and it's just, I don't know. You just get to build like your own culture and your own tribe. Yeah. And I think that's so beautiful. Yeah, it,
1: it really is.
0: Okay, real quick. I want to tell you about the Kitchen Garden Society. It's my monthly gardening club for all levels of gardener and in all U.S. hardiness zones. We're helping gardeners everywhere save time, maximize your yield, and build your true instincts. Each month in the Kitchen Garden Society, you get a to-do list of what to be harvesting, sowing, and transplanting, as well as what you should tend and task to. You get seasonal recipes and deep-dive timely lessons to accompany the skills you're going to need in the garden this time of year. We hear from experts each month and get daily inspiration for seasonal living, as well as the opportunity to share and ask questions in our members-only Facebook group. I hope you'll visit us at thekitchengardensociety.com and check it out. So what are you guys, well, I guess kind of looping back around to, well, I have multiple questions. So before I get sidetracked melding the concepts of your great, you are saying your grandfather-in-law with the gardening, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and then kind of forging your own path with your family and your home life. Were there any other people or resources that really have inspired you in terms of the way that you live?
1: Okay. So for every everything, um, lots of books along the way. Our Christian faith obviously has informed a lot of our values in how we do things at home. Um b- books, blogs, Instagram over the years. Obviously years ago it, when we started it was just
0: books. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there any that you recommend?
1: I always recommend as far as like food stuff if you're just starting and you're trying to figure out just basic whole food stuff. I everybody probably recommends it but like Nourishing Traditions, Weston Price stuff. That was that was my introduction into a lot of it, um, bone broth, fermenting, just cooking basic things, but in a traditional way by soaking and souring, and then obviously incorporating a lot of good locally sourced produce and
0: meats. That was a good a good um, primer for all of that. I just got that book maybe a year ago. And okay. my first thought, and because I'm probably earlier on my journey with all this, but I was like, there's so much work that actually has to go into properly treating your food and your body. And actually like, you know, we talked a little bit offline too about like, like prenatal um, health Mm -hmm. and just how much goes into that when you actually want to take a really like whole food and natural approach. So I was reading the book and I was like, oh my gosh, my first instinct is like, I mean, this is really more work, but it's, I mean, I like that kind of work. I would assume you're sort of similar based on the way that you spend your time. Um, But I'm curious, did you guys ever have to make like a big transition in terms of lifestyle and cooking and health and all of that?
1: No, I feel like for the most part, it's been very gradual. So when we first got married, you know, I knew next to nothing and we just ate very conventionally. And then I started reading about cooking with just whole basic things. So I did a lot of grains, beans, vegetables. I think at that point I even maybe thought meat was bad because that was very trendy in the early 2000s, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So probably like less meat. Mm -hmm. And then over time, I learned how to properly prepare those grains and beans Mm -hmm. and all of that. And then obviously incorporating more animal products in that are sourced properly And it's been very gradual. There have definitely been times where I've been more extreme. And then these last several years, it's just like, if we're out anywhere, I don't care. We'll eat whatever. We're not going to be, you know, like it's, it's definitely not perfect in any way. But a lot of the things that I learned all those years ago, they're very easy to incorporate because they're something that I've been doing so long that you don't really have to think about it. Like you don't have to, if you... Are going to soak beans you don't need to measure apple cider vinegar you just pour some water in some apple cider vinegar it adds basically no extra time same with sourdough once you master that it doesn't really take extra time because it's just as easy as using yeast whenever you know what you're doing in fact if i had to use yeast i'd have to look up a recipe and like figure out how to do it so it just becomes second nature to where it don't i don't really feel like it adds a whole bunch of extra time and thought
0: yeah, actually, I i mean, I love that. It is a kind of, I guess, about building confidence and building instincts really once you kind of pick your path because it does just take a lot of practice and experimentation for what works for you. I mean, sourdough, I always end up killing my sourdough starter or forgetting about it or just having, cause it's just never, I don't know. I just have never gotten into a rhythm with it and I've right. still needed to use a recipe. So it feels cumbersome because it's like, yes. ugh, like I can't keep this alive and all the other things, but um, I want to get to that point where I don't, I think if I didn't need a recipe and it felt just really fluid, it would be easier.
1: Yeah. And I always tell people to just pick a couple things that you're going to do like that in your kitchen. So for example, I've done over the years, water kefir and I've done kombucha. Mm. I'm not, I don't do those all the time. Like I'll get a SCOBY and then it'll die and I'll get a water kefir grains and it'll die because mm-hmm. I haven't gotten it so into my routine that it, it still requires me to think, And therefore, I always will kill it. So it sounds very similar to your sourdough starter. But things like yogurt, kefir, sourdough, sauerkraut, those are so easy. I don't have to look at any recipes. I know exactly how much salt to put in the cabbage. Mm. I know exactly what I'm looking for. So just pick like four-ish things or whatever that you're going to do so often that it won't feel like that, but don't do all of them. Like maybe it brings people comfort to know that I have a water kefir recipe on my blog and my YouTube channel, but I have not had water kefir grains now in my house for probably two years, even though I love it. It's so good. Yeah. I just, it's just, I can only do so many things.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's really an important message too. And uh, like in the gardening space, it's always like, you don't have to grow everything you, or you don't have to be like, I'm never going to the grocery store again. Like that's right. not realistic. You, I mean, I always encourage people to just do like, just replace your tomatoes, just replace your herbs, like right. get going with one thing and like get confident enough. And then you start like help yourself get excited and stay inspired, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. And if you're doing too much, that's just going to lead to burnout.
0: So kind of like I mentioned earlier, I feel like you're a little bit of like an OG when it comes to the, the land of this sort of content creation, being a female entrepreneur, but also running a family and a home. Um, what do you feel like some of your keys to success in the business space have been?
1: I think consistency and not expecting to blow up overnight. I get a lot of people who are very frustrated because like, I've posted 20 blog posts and I still only have this much traffic. I'm like, yeah, I posted probably 150 before I got to this point. So, you know, just staying really... And that, I mean, also, if you know what you're doing, you won't need to post that many blog posts. But you still have to consistently... I treated it probably not like the first six months because I hadn't wrapped my brain around like the potential. But as soon as I saw a little bit of potential, like just a little bit of money, I was like, Oh, this, this is going to work. And so Mm -hmm. I then treated it like a job after that. I even told my husband like less than a year after starting my blog, when I basically did not know at all what I was doing, like, we're going to, we're going to find a way to make this our full-time income because I can now see if I can make 50 bucks like this then all I have to do is just multiply that effort and it'll be will be there. So, I treated it very seriously and just consistently and learned a lot and failed a lot too. Mm-hmm. That's another thing is I I've done things so stupid over the years and mm. you know, people always want everything to be really perfect before they start something. And I didn't, I don't know, I I think I was surprised when I made money. Like I wasn't expecting, I wasn't expecting immediate turnaround and results. Yeah.
0: I think something I struggle with is the, I maybe just lack some discipline. And I'm curious to get your take on it. Like, um, I guess following what makes sense financially and what's successful and what's converting versus just like your own creative urge, basically.
1: Yeah, that, I have, I get a lot of questions about that because it does tend to be different, (laughs) unfortunately. Yeah. But I think that does go to, in the beginning, yes, I was motivated by sharing what I was learning, but I think some people don't like this, but I was very much motivated by it being a business and a job. Like, it wasn't, I was, I definitely didn't start it as a passion project. (laughs) I started it as a business. So I was okay with writing about things that were just whatever needed to be written, so that it would get the searches and the clicks. I've always been okay with that. I write a Mm -hmm. lot of blog posts, and I'm like meh, but it just it has the search, and so I'm going to figure out how to do that thing really well, so I can, you know, write an article on it. But you can still like there's good platforms for that. So for example, YouTube is still a place where you want to be sharing that. Whereas like the blog isn't the place for that. And Instagram Mm -hmm. is the place for that. So there's platforms to do that artistic expression and your vision. And then there's platforms that you need to be a little bit more strategic when building.
0: Yeah. If you were going to start over again with just like one focus, that was really going to take you the distance and get like you from stay-at-home homeschool mom into starting to run an online business, like how would you forge that path?
1: I think I would, well, okay. So however many years I am into this now, seven, but five since it's been our full-time thing. If I could pick one thing to just do now, it would just be the blog for sure. Mm. Just, but I think in the beginning I would probably very much diversify because then you can make small amounts of money and a lot of places and Mm -hmm. it add up to enough, which is Mm -hmm. what I did. But I mean, I'd probably go all in on the blog, to be honest with you. I would learn how to do SEO, keyword research, and build out a blog because it is my by far my favorite way and the most passive way to earn income. So
0: That's so crazy because I feel like maybe it was two years ago when it was kind of like blogging, is blogging dead? And obviously it's not. Um, And now video is so something everyone's obsessed with. Um, Mm. But I think that's so interesting. You would choose blogging over YouTube.
1: I would because it's more passive. I can hire it mostly out. It doesn't invade my life really at all. I can just take photos, test recipes, all in the privacy of my kitchen. I could never, I could like change my name and not ever show my face again, if I wanted to not ever <laughs> yeah. set up a camera again. I like that. I like that. I have the blogs. I'm like, I yeah. could just fall off the face of the earth and just do the blog if I ever wanted to.
0: Yeah. I think that's incredible. I mean, and that's why I feel like you're such a good resource from that perspective in terms of education. And, um, your blog course was really helpful for me in terms of just like, okay, how do I monetize this? How do I like get the basics? We literally walk you through like how you get plugins on WordPress that like mm-hmm. will make recipes into recipe cards, which I actually haven't done yet. But um, but the SEO stuff was super helpful and all of that. Um, but yeah, I think it is interesting. After a while, most people that I've talked to that have a strong online presence that requires their them to show up it, it can become a little disenchanting after a while where it's yeah. like, okay, like I would love to just disappear and, yep. you know, That's or it just feels blogging. intrusive. Yeah.
1: And also I, I like to think about this. Every time I talk about blogging, people are like, really blogging still works. And I'm like, it's, it's cool because everybody else tries the same thing. Like they try to get huge on the same platform. So it's like, this is like the crowded space over here. And I feel like a little bit of a rebel over here, <laughs> where, because we all, unless I guess some of the young kids actually search the recipes on TikTok, but we all still, I think, Google recipes, find it, and then make the recipe. And like we're on somebody's blog, but it's like we don't connect the dots that there's somebody making money from that. And we're like, I'm going to build a big following on TikTok and Instagram, like everybody else, you know? I don't know. It just feels like, it feels like a less, I mean, it's, it's, it's not, not to say there's not like a bajillion bloggers, but it feels like not everybody's trying that.
0: Uh, Well, I love that too, because I think it's a very, I mean, and it's something I, I also need to hear because sometimes I get sucked into the, the actual, like, i am just like, I'm actually in the matrix on Instagram and like, I'm trying to get likes for no reason. Like, what is the purpose of this? What is the purpose of posting this, of spending my time on this? Whereas with blogging, I feel like it's so much more intentional and I have something to say and it's well thought out and it's put out there, but it is kind of set it and forget it if you do it right. Um, But I love what you're saying because it's just like not everything is about just like being popular on like a fleeting social media website.
1: And I I do it like I have I have a presence on Instagram, like a strong like I I spend a lot of time and money because I hire most of it out to build an Instagram following, but I'm like you, I'm like, why am I even doing that? Because all of my revenue does not come from there. Like not even close. Um, yeah, it's, it's so, I think what, what gets me about Instagram is if I don't post on there for three, four weeks, I won't make any money on there. But if I don't post on the blog for the next year, I'll still make money on it. That's what I like. I like that you're building something that you're actually building. Like it's a thing that you have like a, like if I wanted to sell my blog right now, I could sell it for a lot. It's like a business that's built, you know, I like that.
0: Yeah, I like that about it too. I mean, and I think that's an inspiring message in general. And and that was something I learned really early on, which is like, I want to build something that's mine where I own like subscribers and viewers. And like, I, I learned really quickly, like the razzle dazzle of Instagram is really cool, but like you can get kicked off or blocked or just fall out of grace with the algorithm and it's game over. So finding a way to build something that's true to you and still your mission and help, you know, helps the world in the way that you want to help it is way more satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. So what does the future look like for your brand in general? Are you going to just kind of stick with the schedule that you have now? Are you thinking about doing more courses? Are you like just staying the course? Do you have a whole new like what's the future Farmhouse on Boone? Probably, okay. like, I feel like I'm in this stage
1: of just maintaining everything. Like, I'm like, I've done all that. Like, I've I've built, 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 <laughs> and now I'm, like, in the stage oh, where I'm, like, just going to enjoy it. I do have a new team member who's going to help me, like, come up with some smaller course ideas with okay. the kind of stuff that I already write a lot about. So I might be launching some small courses, but mostly I'm like just updating the courses that I have, which is something that I keep up with pretty regularly. Mm. Maintaining my podcast, my YouTube channel, my blog, and just, I don't know, I get, I definitely get tempted to want to like build, 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 grow, grow, grow. And I'm like, I think I just am in a season of life where I'm just going to let this, you know, just do what I know I need to do. Like I've built what I, how I know exactly how to work on it. There's really not much question on that, which is a whole different stage. And it's a, it's a fun, it's an exciting stage, but I also don't feel like you can do it forever where Mm. you're like, okay, I'm going to think about, you know, the next big way to bring this thing to the top. And I'm kind of just
0: like too tired for that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you were kind of mentioning like the difference obviously between like passion project and building a business that works and converts and supports your family. What are the things that you do that are just like your favorite like hobbies, passions? I really hate the term self-care, but like that kind of vibe. What what's like all you that you just love?
1: I really do like making YouTube videos, especially if they're not sponsored because it's I can just and not that they don't control my content anyway when I when I have a sponsor, but it just requires you to think like okay, I got to learn this product and, you know, it requires thought, whereas like if I'm just making a video for the fun of it, like I'm doing a little bit of cooking here, and then I switch the camera angle here, and like editing it all and putting the music in, or doing a sewing project, that that's my favorite work, but mm-hmm. it's the most time consuming work. So it's yeah. why I, if it's the first thing to go, it, it's going to be that. The actual, yeah, it's like the actual create
0: the creative work.
1: The creative work, I I really do love it, and I do love making videos. I. It, it just, it's so much. That's why I still prefer just testing recipes and making photographs because it's just so much less work. It requires less of my time as a mom. I can just do other things, but I do love making videos. I think it is so fun. And my kids do too. Like they're, they're currently working on a, what they're calling a movie right now. It's just fun. It's it just is. creative work, like planning out the storyline and the shots and then the perfect music to go to it. If I had nothing else going on, I would create really fun videos.
0: Yes. I'm with you on that. Actually, I'm a little bit, I came into video by way, actually, honestly, of trying to make reels more like the kind of YouTube content that I like to consume, Mm -hmm. Um, which is, and I just kind of, I, I don't know, but it is, I agree. I think it's really fun to have like a vision and then deconstruct it from that perspective of like, how do I actually portray this with the different yeah. angles? And like, then you see it come together and it's exciting for sure. Yeah. And, and I then- love watching YouTube. Like there are
1: certain creators
0: that make those beautiful videos. And yeah. that,
1: that's like how I unwind because yeah that to me is just so beautiful
0: And fun. So yeah, it's okay. Who are your go-to? Like I there's one person I found on YouTube and I've like binged her and I'm I like messaged her because I was like, I'm have to admit that I'm obsessed with you. So who is it? I'm just curious. (laughs) Her name's Eugenia Diaz. Okay. She's like off the grid in Portugal and just built this incredible tiny home like on in rural Portugal and then started a garden, obviously they're in the same hardiness zone as I am too so it's like extra exciting. Oh, yeah. And she's just used a lot of different permaculture principles. Like it, but it's so beautifully done. Like I mean yeah. she obviously got like I need to start getting some professional equipment, but she's obviously like, you know, there it's like cinematic almost.
1: Yes, that's what I love. I will have to look her up because that sounds just what I like. Um there's I'll a send it to you. There's a um a, a I think she's Vietnamese um, lady in Germany named well her um her youtube is called her 86m squared me and my daughters love it like she makes v- videos that are so beautiful that she can't get them out that often so it's like a big thing like her 86 posted her 86 posted like we got to <laughs> sit down that. and watch it you'll love it cuz she does very beautiful garden content like yes. i mean beautiful um so we love we love watching her and then there's a few others that are like in that same like English subtitles Mm. genre, like Asian, it's, it's just very similar. Like I've had several that have been recommended from hers. It's a whole genre
0: that I love. I was at a nail salon once years, like maybe two or three years ago. And they had, I swear, I think actually it was maybe like a South Korean YouTube channel on that was like simple farmhouse life compilation or something. It was like, But it was, it were these like stunning South Korean farm life YouTubes. And I was like, I'm obsessed. I could sit here and watch this all day because the way they prepare the food is different and the way they harvest it is different, but it's all just well produced and well done. And if you're into obviously like farmhouse living, gardening, nature and cooking, it's just it's the move. I don't know. It's so good.
1: Yeah, it is. Once you start clicking on them, there'll be some recommended. And then (laughs) and some of them are even in the city. There's a girl I, she lives, I forget now what city she lives in, but it's one of the really big cities over there. And it's, it's beautiful. Like she doesn't do gardening or anything, but she does little home projects. And I just, I love that kind of, that kind of video that's very cinematic and they they change out their shots and then there's drone footage, and it's yeah, it's all yeah, this yeah. stuff that, like, you're not gonna see for me because I don't have the time to do it. Like, they have one child in school, and so I'm like, I could see a world where I could get that done. But, and also, other people focus on one thing, mm-hmm. not her 86, mm-hmm. she has a blog too we just call her her E6. That's what we call in our house.
0: (laughs) I love it so much.
1: So she does other stuff, but I'm like, I I don't know. I feel like I've had myself stretched way too thin to be creating any videos like that, even though I think they're beautiful.
0: Do you think that's, and that's something I struggle with too, like the, I think it's sort of common advice to tell someone to niche down. Um, Do you think that is something that's important, like focusing on one or a couple key things? Or do you feel like, it ebbs and flows or what's been successful for you? I think that it definitely to an extent
1: you want to niche down. You definitely don't want to be all over the place because <laughs> the thing that happens on all platforms is you go viral for something that's unrelated and then you get a bunch of followers that mean literally nothing yeah. because they won't watch any of your other stuff. And so making sure that like, like the way that that creator has niched down is, makes it to where we'll watch every single one of her videos and all of her other followers do too, because she has like great views for her follower account. I mean, incredible views. Mm -hmm. So making it to where you're building a consistent community of people who will want to be interested in all of your content, I think is really important, even if it's broad. So like for her, she does cooking, she does gardening. It's very similar to mine, like a home type of niche, but there's, I think every person that she brings to her content will watch all of her videos. So she won't ever get like, you know, one aspect and then she'll get a bunch of followers and then they're not interested in the other aspect. That's something to be mindful of.
0: What do you think the stickiness is though? Like, what do you think is transcendent about all of the content? Is it like the way she does it or is it the message or like, what do you think?
1: I think it's just overall like simple living and then also the way she does it because she can make any ordinary thing look beautiful. So even if she creates, and I have a few creators like this, like Shay Elliott from Elliott Home said, she yes. can, I'll watch any of her videos. So yeah. she could make something that I'm like, I'm, I'm probably not going to make that cocktail. Like, I'm just not, not really interested. I'm still going to watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I think if you create beautiful enough content, they don't even have to be interested in the thing. They're just going to watch it, you know, but to an extent, like you could create a really beautiful, like, you know, mechanic Video. I'm not going to watch it no matter what because I don't care about cars at all. So, yeah, just, yeah. I get what you're saying though, and I it think has that a similar is, feel. That yeah, you want yeah, to yeah, feel.
0: Yes, you know. Yes, I agree. Do you feel like you've achieved that in your own with your own brand?
1: Not really, to be honest with you. <laughs> I feel like I have more in recent years, but my most popular video on YouTube that still is my number one most popular is how to wrap a newborn in a mm. movie, like a movie wrap. Rap. Mm-hmm. I like it's, it's my most popular, like I still get video. It's in my top three views every week, even considering my new content. Yeah. Um, and that's great. And I get, I mean that, that video made obviously tons of money, but it, and I think it does attract followers that are interested in like homemaking cause they're moms, but not, not all. I mean, yeah, I have lots of viral videos like that, that I created in the, in the beginning that um probably aren't in the style like they're very mm-hmm. um tutorial based which i think is good to build like a base of content but i don't know i don't know if i'm if i'm great about that i do i do feel like um my content is binge worthy in a sense so that's good yeah. but when i feel I, like when i, I see your content
0: time. i know that it's you yeah at least when it comes to like an edit and a vibe i'm like oh there's like Lisa's new post.
1: The thing about it is I know how to do it. It's yeah. just like mentally having enough brain space to do it is uh kind of where the disconnect happens. But I, I know how to do that. Like I know yeah. the thing that makes that happen. It's just a matter of like, I need to get out of video this week. And so it doesn't yeah. always turn out in the I don't know, in the most beautiful like way that I would would want it to if I had more yeah. mental space
0: for it. I have a couple other friends in the business and we talk a lot about um just that that mixture. Like I've kind of chosen like a non like heavy tutorial education path, which I think yeah. that that is not the most business savvy way to go because people want a majority of people I feel like really want fast information. Like it's easier to make money fast if you're just like 101 tutorialing things. Mm-hmm. But it's not enjoyable for me personally. To I like more lifestyle content, consuming it and creating it. But that's just me. So that's my path. But um, I've had a lot of conversations with other just creators and entrepreneurial women who are like, you know, really staying dedicated to the brand and the vision and like being okay with the path that you chose is part of it because it is mm-hmm. obviously like you're saying, you know, you're five to seven years down the road and this is the thing. So like, right you know, it's something that you've built and you want to be proud of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And overall, like the, the pieces of my brand, I, I make fit together. So my content is pretty much the same across all the platforms. And then with, with my podcast, we talk about very sim- similar, simple living type of things. So I think that is important. I mean, otherwise, you know, you could build like all these different followings in different places and it's, you just take, you tailor it for the platform, but it's the same message.
0: Yeah. Okay. So before I let you go, my last question is, what are you loving about home life right now? Like just what's going on in your home, in your four walls?
1: Um, it's, it's funny because we just had a renovation go very badly. So not (gasps) that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I haven't decided yet if I'm going to like make a video about it (laughs) or not. I mean, I'm fine sharing it, but. So we hired someone to build this massive built-in project in my boy's room and he was not capable oh. at all. Yeah. <laughs> like I can't even tell you. So we're going to be demoing that after all the money we spent um no. this week. So I, I, I'm glad. Like, good thing my mind went straight to the worst thing. Like, what do you love? Not the built-ins. I'll tell you that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is really hard. Like, I was telling my husband, we're like going through a kids sharing a room. Like, everyone's waking up early, and I'm like, I have to find a way to like not be mad that the kids are transitioning right now. Like, because it's just yeah, like, I can't right. let it's this ruin experience. my day. Like, yeah. they woke up at four forty-five. Like, it's fine. Like, yes. I have to choose joy. Like.
1: Uh huh. I know what you mean when you have like one of those early rising seasons. It's like, we'll be through this. Well, I feel a lot better now that my husband and I have decided we're going to tear it out because like the last week has been watching him like go further and further on this project, which it's basically up and like finding it worse and worse. And then I'm thinking, okay, we're going to have him not come anymore, but Luke and I are going to finish this and we're going to finish it in a way that executes my vision. And then I'm looking at it, I'm like, we can't do that though. Cause it's so bad. Like there's oh, nothing wow. redeemable about this. And so the other day, whenever Luke and I went upstairs and he goes, we're going to tear this out. I was like, that was a relief actually. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, My brain no longer has to worry about like how I'm going to salvage. It's that sunk cost fallacy. Like I'm like, yeah. we're going to have to figure out how to like pull my vision together. And also I think that, that really hurt because Luke's like, he he's not like good at visualizing things before they happen, mm. and so he's like, "This was a bad idea." And I'm like, "It, it wasn't. It was just done badly." <laughs> like, just I badly. promise you, it's good. It's just not yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. But anyways, yeah. no. Other than that, which yay, we made a decision. Like we're <laughs> we're gonna have to pull the pieces back together. Um, I like winter for the foods. Mm. Like I love summer for the foods too. But like just cozy soups, having the wood stove going right outside of the kitchen and the flames through the glass. And like, I'm going to go get some sourdough bread going right now. I'm loving, I'm loving that. In wintertime, I like just that cozy food all around the table, uh, just enjoying some comfort.
0: Yeah. I love it. Well, I'm so grateful to get to bend your ear and just kind of chat life with you, which I realize is a little unorthodox for a podcast because a lot of times there's, I just wanted to, I feel grateful to know you and to have you as a resource um, here, but I just, I feel like you're a really big inspiration for women who, like I said, have similar values that want to raise a family, that want to garden, that want to homeschool, that want to live simply, um, but that also have ambition and are entrepreneurial and find a way to keep what's important to them at the forefront. So I feel like you're a good example of that. And I'm just grateful to get to like talk shop with you.
1: Yeah, no, this was so fun. I was so glad when you asked me to join you because, well, obviously you were on my podcast and I'm like, this that was a fun conversation. We can just continue it. So for thanks sure. so much for having me.
0: Oh my gosh, thank you. Well, enjoy the rest of your day and we will chat soon. All right, thank you. Yeah. I hope this episode has been balm for the soul and inspiration for the heart. I would love if you left a review to let me know your thoughts or anything you're interested in learning. And I'm so grateful that you found this space. For more information on any techniques, recipes, or ideas mentioned, visit us at baileyvantassel.com slash podcast.